Our text for today comes from the Gospel of Mark, the seventh chapter, verses 1 through 23, and you can follow along in your bulletin. The Pharisees and some legal experts from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus. They saw some of his disciples eating food with unclean hands. They were eating it. They were eating without first ritually purifying their hands through washing. The Pharisees thought, and all the Jews don't eat without first washing their hands carefully. This is the way of observing the rules handed down by the elders. Upon returning to the marketplace, they don't eat without first immersing themselves. They observe many other rules that have been handed down, such as the washing of cups, jugs, and sleeping mats. So the Pharisees and the legal experts asked Jesus, why are your disciples not living according to the rules handed down by the elders, but instead eat food with ritually unclean hands? He replied, Isaiah really knew what he was talking about when he prophesied about you hypocrites. He wrote, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. They worship, the worship of me is empty since they teach instructions that are human words. You ignore God's commandment while holding on to the rules created by humans and handed down to you. Jesus continued, clearly you are experts at rejecting God's commandment in order to establish these rules. Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and the person who speaks against father or mother will be certainly put to death. But you say, if you tell your father or mother everything I am expected to contribute to you is korban, that is, a gift I am giving to God, then you are no longer required to care for your mother or father. In this way, you do away with God's word in favor of the rules handed down to you, which you pass on to others. And you do a lot of other things just like that. Then Jesus called the crowd again and said to me, said to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand nothing outside a person can enter and, or contaminate a person in God's sight. Rather, the things that come out of a person contaminate the person. After leaving the crowd, he entered a house with his, where his disciples asked him about that riddle. He said to him, don't you understand either? Don't you know that nothing that from outside that enters a person has the power to contaminate? That's because it doesn't enter into the heart, but into the stomach, and it goes out into the sewer. By saying this, Jesus declared that no food can contaminate a person in God's sight. It's what's come out of a person that contaminates someone in God's sight, he said. It's from the inside, from the human heart, the evil thoughts come. Sexual sins, thefts, murders, adultery, greed, evil, actions, deceit, unrestrained immorality, envy, insult, arrogance, and foolishness. All these evil things come from the inside and contaminate a person in God's sight. These are the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So like a lot of people my age and probably younger, I've been involved and active on social media for quite some time. I could say that I've probably been involved in social media now for probably nearly 20 years. I remember starting with a 
uh, social media platform that I still use, but not as widely used, called LiveJournal, which was an online journal. And then, of course, I migrated, like everyone else, onto Facebook and to Twitter and Instagram. I am active enough, of course, that I do this, that I am on social media for a living as a communications person. This is the way that we communicate with each other. It's a way that we communicate with our friends, it's our within relatives, it's a way that we find out about the news of the world. It is a place where we share our pictures of families, of our children, and our vacations. And it's also an interesting place when tragedy strikes. I remember especially one such event, and this was back in the fall of 2015, and you may remember this as well, when there were terrorist attacks that took place throughout the city of Paris. Everyone on my Facebook feed that I know of had somewhere the tricolor French flag. It was a way of showing solidarity with the people who have suffered and, and the many people who are now dealing with injuries and with deaths. And it made sense because so many people around, in, in, especially here in the United States, but around the world, had visited Paris. And so it was something that they could understand in a way that if it happened someplace else, it wouldn't, people wouldn't pick it up. A few days later, there was someone, and you started to see this, someone posted about another event, and it was actually another event, terrorist attack that took place in Lebanon. And so they wanted to people to know about this, but they didn't just stop there. They chastised everyone else that was talking about Paris and not about another part of the world that wasn't Europe. And this started to happen over and over with any similar event, where people were talking and maybe showing solidarity or, or expressing grief about a terrorist attack, someone else would shame others on social media for not caring about other parts of the world. And what is happening, when people you see what's happening here is something that has been called virtue signaling. Virtue signaling is an act of showing others in a public way that someone cares about something. Now sometimes when they talk about virtue signaling, it's, it's usually in a negative context, but there is also a positive reason for that, that in some ways you want to communicate, especially on a certain issue, that this is something that matters to you. But a lot of times, it can be a way of kind of showing yourself off. It's a way of showing that you care about something more than anyone else. And you have to wonder when you hear, especially sometimes in these cases on social media, whether it's either on, on an issue like this about a tragedy and tra where, the, where tragedies happen, or on some other issue where people have unfortunately used social media to shame people, you have to wonder, do they really practice what they preach.
The thing is, on social media, we don't know. All we know is what we see. We know what, what we see happening is that they really, really care. And the thing about it, the, the dark side, the downside to virtue signaling is that it can show people as righteous on the outside. But the thing is, it doesn't say anything really about what is going on in the heart. So in our text today, Jesus and the Pharisees are having a bit of an argument on rituals. Now, before we go into talking about the Pharisees, almost every time that we hear about the Pharisees, and it seems like every pastor always wants to see the Pharisees as the bad guys. And to be honest, if you look through most of the Gospels, they aren't always put in a great light. But it's important to understand that they had an important role in Jewish society in the first century. They were the ones, in many ways, that carried the institutional memory of the Jews. And that was important, especially in the time where Jesus was, was alive, because, of course, that was a time of Roman rule. And the Romans, while they did also allow people to practice and to do their own thing, they also wanted them to practice allegiance to Rome as well. So there was always a fear that the faith, the religion, the people would become diluted. And the people, and the Pharisees believed that God's calling of Israel was a gift. And this comes from the covenant that Abraham made with God, that Israel was to be a blessing to the nations. And they truly, the Pharisees truly believed that. They took this calling seriously, and they took following the law seriously. And they believed that things that were supposed to just reply or to apply only to the priest should actually be practiced by all of society because this is a way of showing everyone who God is and that the nations would come to come and be drawn to God because of the actions that they saw among the Israelites. So again, with the ritual hand-washing, that was something that was initially just for the priests, became something that in some ways was considered universal. Everyone was asked to do it because again, if they were a whole nation practice this ritual cleaning, then maybe the nations of the world would turn towards Israel and ultimately towards God, even Rome. So then we have to ask the question, why is Jesus upset at the Pharisees? Jesus does not come to them to say the law doesn't matter. After all, Jesus was a Jew, so the law did matter. But what concerned Jesus in this passage was that in their desire to follow the law, their practice, which they placed so much importance on, became superfluous. 
They were concerned of how they looked, how they appeared. And they wanted to appear that they were following the law. But on the inside, their hearts were terrible. And that's why Jesus brings up the practice of Qumran. This was a practice that said that children, it was kind of basically a loophole. The law stated that children were supposed to honor their father and their mother. They were supposed to take care of their parents, especially as they grew older. But the Pharisees also exploited a loophole. Now that loophole said that if you could basically withhold the money that you would give to your parents to say that that was a blessing to God. And they were kind of using this, whatever use that it had was now being exploited to basically say that the money that you had, you could just simply say it's God's and you didn't have to take care of your parents. What made Jesus mad was not that the Pharisees weren't following the law or even that they were following the law. What got Jesus upset was that they were appearing to follow the law while at the same time treating people harshly. You can't really be following God if you're making sure you're ritually clean and yet you're allowing your parents to starve. That might allow you to look good on the outside and you can practice the law to the letter, but in reality, you aren't practicing the spirit and your heart, especially their hearts, are darkened and they are hypocrites. We like to look at the Pharisees and we want to say that as people, they are not us. We are not like the Pharisees at all. But the thing is, they are us. The Pharisees were regular people and they were people that were trying to follow their faith and follow it in a time especially that was quite perilous, trying to really express their faith in a time where they were dominated by another society. The Pharisees, I think, wanted to live holy lives in response to God's grace. But the thing is, sometimes that response to the grace can get confused. Sometimes what it can do is be twisted into a way of showing people a certain thing that you can basically follow the law and do the, all the right things in a very rote way but on the inside not really treating people or others with respect one of the things that I have always been mindful of and I may have shared this before is something that I read I remember reading uh, the autobiography of um, Frederick Douglass in college. It's always been interesting to me, one of the images that always has stayed in my mind is one, and he of course is talking about how he grew up, especially as a slave, and, and, and the interactions between himself and the owners. And there was one case where one of the owners 
for whatever reason, was whipping him. And whipping him while saying biblical verses. And so it was always interesting to see this interesting disconnect between saying verses, and obviously that these people were people who were religious and, and, and people of faith, but yet their actions, their heart, was not matching their actions or their belief in God. Throughout this season of Epiphany, we have been looking on how Jesus reveals himself to the wider world. And what we see today is Jesus being revealed as a judge, someone that looks at our lives, not just what we do, but also looks at our heart. Not just how we are looking at people in public, but how we are looking in our lives in private. Jesus calls us to repentance when we fall short, when our inside doesn't match our outside. There are many times that all of us have done good things. We may have fed the poor. We may have marched for whatever cause. We may have done whatever it is that would help others that looks good. But the thing is, if we do all that and then we treat someone else, someone that we know with contempt, then we're not any better than the Pharisees. If we are aware, we must allow ourselves to be prompted and to ask Jesus to look inward into our hearts, to see where we are living, how is our inside and our outside matching, and to ask for forgiveness and then rededicate ourselves to truly, truly follow Jesus instead of simply just looking good. As I said, the, vir- the downside of virtue signaling is that it can make us look good and make us even feel good that we're on the right side of anything. But saying the right thing, that something that makes you look good in front of others doesn't mean a thing if your inside is polluted by sin. So I pray, dear church, that we seek not to be simply right, not to simply look good, but to truly seek to be holy, to be a people set apart as God's people, both outside and inside. Thanks be to God. Amen.